0: Hey everyone, Taylor here. Just a quick word before we get into the episode. Uh, Seven and I recorded this live together and of course we were kind of plagued by some technical issues. So we might sound a little different and then about a half an hour into the episode, you're going to hear a laser blast and then we're going to sound different yet again because thank you Windows Update. Um, so the good news is that's all fixed for next time. And um, while I was fixing that, uh, my son decided he wanted to record us a theme song. So I'm going to play that for you right now before we get into the episode all right enjoy everyone
1: this is our theme song if memory serves if memory serves yeah
0: Welcome to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of If Memory Serves here on the Night of the Living Geeks Network, episode 19, our Star Wars memories. I'm Taylor and with me in a very special way this month... As we wander back through the hazy halls of our memories growing up in the Bay Area in the 80s and nineties, he's he's the Lando to my Han. It's my brother Seb live and in studio. (laughs) What is happening, Seb?
2: Hi, ladies and gentlemen. And hi, Taylor. Hey. Uh, It's amazing. I mean, this is the first episode that we've recorded in person. Yeah. I'm really excited. This is really fun.
0: Sitting across the very small TV tray from you in our makeshift studio.
2: Well, your studio layout is very interesting. It's much different than what I imagined at home, what it would look like. So this is
0: pretty exciting. Far less professional, I'm sure.
2: Well, there's definitely a lot of tchotchkes on your desk. This is pretty exciting. Oh, that's
0: just typical me.
2: And I really, ladies and gentlemen, I really want to go off and thank my brother here because when he asked what I wanted for a 40th birthday present, I said, you know what? I want to record a Star Wars episode with you in person. And you've made that happen. So this is up there amongst the best birthday gifts I've ever gotten from you. And
0: it, and it only took five months. <laughs> we got there though. Ah, <sighs> definitely. Well, why don't we take a moment and talk about what has been going on previously
1: on previously on previously on, previously on if memory serves.
0: So we just, we just had, uh, Amber's, uh, half sister out staying with us for a couple of weeks. And, uh, uh, I had previously told you, um, that, uh, she was interested in listening to our podcasts and stuff, and, um, she was listening to him on the drive out. Um, and it turns out that, um, I do not have a voice designed to keep you awake. Oh, I, I have a great voice apparently, but it's putting people to sleep. Well, it's at least putting her to sleep. Um, so ladies and gentlemen, sleep in heavenly peace. Um, little MST3K for you. Anyone? Gee whiz.
2: I hope we're not putting our listeners to sleep tonight. Uh, I, I,
0: I doubt. We've got a lot of great stuff to talk about. Don't fall asleep, folks. Put on an extra cup of coffee. Grab yourself some some treats. Definitely. Because uh, you, you are in for it. Um, and I'm happy to say that I have actually finally, I've been talking about doing this for a while, lining up some interviews with people who worked on uh, the surf movie Ozone. I have finally gotten the first interview under my belt. Um, I'm gathering data i'm gathering information to kind of put this together i've got the other people who want who are up for being interviewed up for being interviewed but with company in the house most of the month it's been a little tough to make it happen so the wheels are at least finally turning
2: this is great so this is basically just just to recap ozone was a surfing documentary that you grew up with in the 80s it wasn't even a
0: documentary it's just a video just
2: a video yeah and and you've tracked down people involved in the production that you're going to interview for a
0: special episode perhaps yes
2: this is great this is like a passion project for you and it I'm is so completely excited a passion project this. yeah yeah
0: um and it will be one of those episodes where i will probably edit it all into um one big piece and i don't know maybe if we just need a uh, a rest month i'll put it out on the feed and just be like, here's, here's what we're doing this month. Yeah. So I'm going to take an extra long time to research the next topic or whatever.
2: Well, I tip my hat to you, sir, because you're definitely farther along than my passion project, which is to interview the people that used to run our childhood toy store kitty world. Ah, yes. Yes. So, but this is great. I'm really excited.
0: I, I am too. There's already been some very neat stories and I'm not going to let anything slip ahead of time. Um, before we talk about that, but you know what? We do have a lot of stuff. In the news today. So let's take a look at that.
1: An ABC News break brought to you by Budweiser Beer. Stay with us. The late edition is next.
0: Um, so first up, um, there's actually, and we may talk a little bit about how this came to be, but there is a film at the Cannes Film Festival uh, that includes a deep dive on the making of Chewbacca's voice. How appropriate. Very I know. timely. There is actually some very appropriate Star Wars news this month. Um And, uh, yeah, I mean, one passing of Peter Mayhew, rest Mm -hmm. in peace, man. Um, Chewie's voice actually has some local Bay area, uh, connections that we will talk about later. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is really cool. And folks remember, we will have links in the show notes to all these stories and more. Um, speaking of which and more is our, our, tends to be our monthly bill and dead three update (laughs) as it seems to go, um. Uh, Keanu Reeves has come out and said that uh, Bill and Ted Three would definitely benefit from a bigger budget. Um, what does that mean? I I read the article. It it means to say that you know they are for them. Obviously, this is a passion project as well. Okay. Um. So they have a limited amount of time and a limited amount of money to make this happen. So it's a passion project for them. It may not necessarily be a passion project for the studio. So the studio is like. Hey, here's X number of dollars. Right. And they're like, all right, we'll make this work. But at the same time, you can be doing that and be like, dude, I wish we had twice as much. But
2: I mean, is there like a Kickstarter component? No, or, um, no, no, no. So no. I cannot contribute $5 to Bill and Ted Uh No. Oh, okay.
0: No, I don't even think if you just like mailed it to them. I mean. Probably wouldn't work. Yeah, I wouldn't even get Keanu a coffee.
1: Okay.
0: Um Oh, so get this. Speaking of other great films, uh, this is, and this, of course, is a film that, like, we really we should do an episode about. The other trilogy. At some point, yes, the other trilogy. <laughs> that's right, Back to the Future. Um, the Long Rumored. <clears throat> now, this apparently has been something that's been in the work for many years at okay. this point. Um, the Long Rumored Back to the Future musical is finally happening. Are you kidding me? I am not kidding you. What is the Back to the Future? Is this a Broadway thing? This, I don't know if it is going to be on Broadway per se. Um, but I do know that it is done, um, with either, uh, the help. No, yeah, Bob, uh, Bob Zemeckis and Bob Gale have, huh. have been working on this. Okay. Um, so this is as legit and real as it gets. You know, you've got the original guys kind of working on this as well. Um, but it looks like it's going to have its world premiere February 20th of 2020 in the UK. Hmm. Um, then it's going to uh, head over to the London's West End. No U.S. engagements have this so far been announced. Gee whiz. But that's not to say that that won't happen. Uh, but seriously, if it comes to like San Francisco or something, I'm like, I'm going to want to get tickets to this.
2: So talking about Back to the Future music, I'm going to put you on the spot. Oh, yes.
0: Huey Lewis or ZZ Top? Dude, that's a tough one. Because on the one huh. hand, Huey Lewis, because that was the start of it all right that that like i i remember the whole back to the future soundtrack not just the instrumental score but Mm -hmm. the actual like music Mm -hmm. used in the movie um and i love that Mm -hmm. i love that album i wish you could still get it and you can't so you've Mm got to go find you know old out of print stuff Mm -hmm. but i loved zz tops Appearance mm-hmm. in Back to the Future 3, and I love the song Double Back. Right. Um, so it, it's a really tough toss up. Yeah. I mean, part of me just has to say give Huey the edge just because they were there at the beginning. Okay. Um, but if you want what I'm going to go back to and probably listen to just on my own more frequently, it'll probably be ZZ Top. See,
2: I'd have to say, I'd have to choose ZZ
0: Top, but by a beard. It was really, it by would be a really close. Yeah. <laughs> it's by, hair. Just, yeah, by, by a hair. By a really long, long hair. chin hair. Yeah, exactly. That's right. That's right. Oh my gosh, you're killing me, man. Um, so... You know, if we go back to video games uh, and our video game episode from last year, we I think pretty sure we talked about Castlevania. I believe so. Um, so there is a new collection of classic Castlevania games that you can get on your modern console. Okay. So like I could go to the PS4 in the living room right now, look up and get this bundle of original Castlevania games mm. um, and play them on the PS4. now. Would I rather just originally play them on Nintendo? Yes, of course. But it's great to see that they're bringing these back, and especially as a bundle, because mm-hmm. you may have played like the first two and not really anything past that, but now you can get all of them. You, know, you can get a whole bunch of them. I shouldn't say all of them, because I don't know if it's all of them. Um, and on top of that as well, NintendoLife.com actually has um, a story about... Um, the like the main designer behind Castlevania, mm. um, and just how much work and how much passion and how much just energy uh, he and the whole design team put into creating the Castlevania games in a world where you know everybody was doing you know Mario, um, and I think at one point they were talking about just how much how much budget they were giving to like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. instead of uh, uh, to their game,
1: okay.
0: um, and. So what they were able to produce, some amazing games, mm-hmm. um, when they kind of had, um, what, the corporate deck stacked against them. Okay. Uh, it's 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 kind of touching, it's kind of sad, and it kind of makes you appreciate them a bit more. So it's a, it's a very interesting read. Huh. Um, now, lastly, tonight, in our news, I say tonight, and this tonight lasts an entire month, because we only <laughs> record once a month. Oh, boy. Um hasbro right we all know the name hasbro they are reissuing the classic kenner star wars figures
2: right yeah i think um i think back in the 90s they released re-released some of the old kenner figures based on the original sculpts but with different packaging but now they're it looks like doing that again but with kind of like Old school packaging, like with the racetrack stripes around the edge. Yeah. Big red sticker on it. Um,
0: and it looks like, um, you know, faked aging. Fake you know, like, aging like on a the, little bit of uh, right. roughness around the edges there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and that's, you know, not only is it funny about that, is that you actually brought over this evening <laughs> your Sarlacc pit. Oh yeah, the old um, Parker Brothers. Uh, board yeah, name.
2: I think it's Parker Brothers. Um, um,
0: which I was, I was pretty impressed when you like are at the door. And you're like, <laughs> "Hi, here I am. I brought this," and I love how much the kids loved it.
2: That was impressive. Yeah, it's it's nice to see that um, children of the 21st century that are usually more into smartphones and whatnot can be uh, entertained at least for five minutes with pieces of cardboard and pressed plastic. So oh, it gives definitely. me hope for the future.
0: They they had and. For for kids whose knowledge of Star Wars doesn't extend much beyond the like two Phineas and Ferb episodes, <laughs> um, you know they haven't they they're aware of the Star Wars universe. They haven't seen any of the movies yet
1: mm.
0: or anything. Um, so and and these are also kids who are like you know superheroes are dumb, villains are where it's at. I've got I'm kind of wondering what's Room up for the bad guy. Huh? Yeah, pretty much. They're gonna come out of this being like, yeah, that Darth Vader kid's pretty cool. <laughs> Um well anyway
1: This time on If Memory Serves
0: We're talking Star Wars Star Wars Da 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 da, 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 da. da, da. yeah that's right, that's right. Oh man, this is it. This is this is gonna be a huge, huge episode.
2: Well, you know, I when we first started this whole podcast, um back in twenty seventeen, Star Wars was one of the episode topics that first jumped to mind for me definitely um in part because right around the time that um force awakens came out um a lot of things were going on in my life at that time i had a devastating computer crash um some of the hobbies i was really into at the time the f- online forum web groups or whatever um went offline mm mm-hmm. um and i kind of took a break from some of my hobbies and Got back into Star Wars a bit. Started listening to some Star Wars podcasts and going to Star Wars websites. And do you want
0: to shout out some of those podcasts? Do you yeah, remember? Yeah, yeah. There's
2: one. There's a really good one called the Star Wars Collectors Archive uh, Kivecast Vintage Pod. Wow, um, nice. It, it is a mouthful, but it's a great uh, it's a great show. Um, and yeah, it's really fascinating subculture of these people that collect these toys and love these movies. And you know, I think that it really spurred me to try to remember some of our own childhood memories growing up in the 1980s. For sure. Um, and I guess I'm th- kind of thinking that for tonight's episode, you know, we'll, po- we'll probably talk a little bit about um, the original trilogy and mm-hmm. then go kind of segue into some of the toys that we had and merchandising and things like that. Oh, yeah, that. definitely. So, um, but, of course, you being the elder brother, you're going to
0: have memories that predate mine, so... Ever so slightly. You know, you look at how long it is between one film and the next, and I may only have one or two memories that predate yours. Okay. Um, like, for example, my... I think my very first movie theater experience... Of any movie? Of any movie. Any title? As a kid. Right? As, as, a, as a toddler, okay. basically. Because I was probably three and a half... At best. In 1980? In, yeah, when when uh, Empire Strikes Back came out. Okay. Because um, I know all those dates were really recently. In fact, we're recording tonight on the day where both the original 1977 film and Return of the Jedi were both released. Oh, interesting. Yes, they were both released May 25th. Okay. Uh, of their respective years, which if I remember right was 77 and 83. mm mm-hmm. um, So, uh, All the synchronicities are are working in our favor today. But yeah, here I am, three and a half years old, and mom and dad, and I've checked with mom, and she's like, that sounds pretty familiar. She doesn't have a super clear memory of it, but I have a really clear memory of being dragged as a little kid to go see Empire Strikes Back. And it had to have been pretty early in its release because the theater was packed this okay. is probably century 21 or 22 um down on Winchester and by the time we got parked and got in there the theater was full I mean literally full every seat and and and, I, and if I remember right, the movie no again I'm three and a half right so so there's your grain of salt you know but what I remember is that we were getting in a little late like the movie had just started okay And we're trying to find a seat. And all that's available is, like, right up in the front. Front row. Literally front row. Horrible seats. Horrible seats. Because, you know, some people are like, oh, my God, yes, I want to be, and I want to have it towering over me. When you're three and a half, and you've got these battle scenes on Hoth, and, you know, you've got um, just all the... Blockbusterness that is Star Wars happening before your tiny little highs and your tiny little head. Yeah. Um, it's overwhelming. Mm. It's, it's kind of terrifying. Okay. Um, but that is my um, not only earliest movie theater memory, and that is literally my earliest Star Wars memory. Probably one of my earliest memories, period, being three and a half.
2: So you don't think
0: that when you went into
2: Empire, you had a. Um pre like you didn't already see star wars by that time
0: and we're like oh i, I can't no. I, i'm gonna be excited oh, to see no. what happens in the sequel no this
2: was like just no. blank slate. this
0: this i think and and even the more that i think about it i'm like how does this make sense because you would have had a babysitter
1: yeah where was i I guess it been in 1980 yeah. you
0: were alive you were basically a year and a half old. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: um and for some reason i went with mom and dad mm-hmm. at three and a half and yeah, that, that something about that just doesn't make sense in my head. Like, why? Why didn't I have the babysitter too, and mom and dad just go off and enjoy the movie?
2: Well, it's, it's kind of exciting because I, I I did a little digging online, and it appears that um, you were right. It, it was premiered at the Century Twenty One. Okay. Um, and just to give our listeners kind of a, a picture in their mind, um, the Century Theaters in San Jose um, on Winchester, uh, they they were opened in the the nineteen sixties, and they had, of course, that kind of. Cinerama bubble dome kind of architecture design, uh, just the best, and, and probably the one of the oddest things about the the Century Theaters in San Jose. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they're probably less than 50 feet away from a structure known as the Winchester Mystery House.
0: <laughs> well, Century 23 is probably less than 50 feet away. I mean, yeah. it's 21 and 22 were across the street, but still, I mean, within, within you know, walking distance. Within walking
2: distance. You're, you're basically a, you know, 100 plus room mansion allegedly built to house ghosts, essentially. Yes. Of course, everybody may or may not be familiar with the legend of sarah winchester the heiress to the winchester rifle fortune and all the wackiness that kind of ensued yeah
0: but that's there's lots that they can look up online but yes basically right in her backyard is a bunch of awesomely domed movie theaters so
2: this is great so mom and dad are taking you to see empire strikes back in a theater right next to a paranormal vortex allegedly (sighs) And not
0: only that, but... I, I would i would definitely say allegedly. I don't think that place is actually very haunted, but that's my personal opinion. But not only
2: that, Mom would take us to buy toys at the Toys R Us in Sunnyvale, which is also allegedly haunted, according to such luminaries as Leonard Nimoy.
0: Right? <laughs> yes, he so is quite the luminary. This is pretty
2: exciting stuff. Yeah. Now, tragically, I think... I think those theaters closed in like 2013-ish. It was a while ago, yeah, but yes. I don't think they've actually physically been torn down yet.
0: You would think I'd have driven past there just to be sure, but I haven't been past there in quite some time.
2: But just to give a shout out, there is a website called savethedome.org. Oh, okay. And it's like an online group of um, film and local history and architecture preservationists that are trying to get those theaters at least the shells of them preserved. So mm-hmm. if anybody anybody listening is interested in the history of cinema and the history of Star Wars, I definitely recommend you check out that website and maybe uh, you know, sign their petition or something like that.
0: Definitely. I think that's a very valuable uh, uh, thing to do because that kind of architecture just is so worth saving. It's awesome stuff. Um, what's some of your earliest?
2: Well, I definitely remember Jedi And assuming that mom and dad took me to see uh, it in its first release rather than like a re release the next year, um, I would have been four and a half years old. And pretty much the only memory I have is seeing is a memory of the lightsaber duel in the Emperor's throne
0: room. Okay.
2: But essentially for me, my childhood memories growing up with Star Wars was more um, based upon um, the the television broadcasts of the original trilogy in the 80s and I guess the early 90s or whenever they stopped airing the original trilogy
0: <laughs> made you buy them on dvd with right. all the, the add-ons that george lucas kept yeah you know, shoving yeah. his finger into um but i have feelings about that too obviously <laughs> well we'll talk a little bit about that i guess
2: um but of course you know as we talked a little bit about in our video game episode one of my earliest uh, star wars memories was of playing the uh, sit down cockpit version of the arcade game at uh a local bodega about a block from our house we called Little Store, which uh, oddly enough... You know, I, I
0: love that you call it a bodega. Well, you make it sound like we are we live in Brooklyn or something. I
2: mean, it is kind of a, you know, it's a liquor store. It's a corner market. It's a corner market. Thank you. Um, and of course, you know, uh, that experience of playing that game with you and the other neighborhood kids sitting around, um, I was flying the cockpit, you know, yep. flying my X-Wing or yep. whatever, and, you know, screaming out like a little idiot kid. Uh, like I was, and I think at one point I said, uh, "You know, what do I do?" Because I didn't know how to fly this thing. Yeah. And it was at that point that um, Alec Guinness's pre-recorded voice kicked in and said, "Use the Force Loop," which the timing was so good that it made all the little kids kind of like. Gasp and say, oh, you,
0: We all kind of lost our mind yeah. because it was the, the timing was just perfect as it was a response to you. It was
2: as if the video game was talking to me. And to be honest, I've always had kind of a soft spot for Obi Wan Kenobi. My middle name is Alec, even mm-hmm. spelled like Alec Guinness. And I've asked mom. Mom, was I named after Alec Guinness? And she says absolutely not. It's just a name we liked. It's not a family name. But I can't tell you how many people I've lied to over the years, saying, "Oh, I, I'm named after Alec Guinness." Look, you know?
0: I'm I'm just going to say this, you know, and I and I know mom and dad are probably listening. But the fact that you were born in 1978 and Star Wars came out in 1977, and Alec was a name that they liked, and Alec Guinness was in Star Wars, I think I, I think you can safely say to people. That, that you're not lying when you're like, um yeah, of course I'm named after Alec Guinness.
2: Well, I, I definitely hope it's true. Um, maybe Star Wars, maybe Murder by Death. Maybe, ah, uh, such a great
0: movie. But Murder by Death didn't come out Lady 82. Or maybe 81.
2: No, no. Was th- it before that? I think it was because I think I've read that on the set of Murder by Death, that was where Alec and his first read the script for Star
0: Wars. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, I think so. I mean, oh, I, Maybe Murder by Death was 76? I think it might have been, actually. Mm. Oh, well. I know. I'll, I'll freak my computer out if I try to bring up by MDB. We'll have our oh, fact
2: yeah. checker named Mom uh, let us know. Yes,
0: exactly.
1: Uh.
2: <laughs> now, um, Star Wars... Now, of course, we grew up in San Jose, and this podcast is about a lot of our childhood memories, most of which were set in San Jose. And based upon my little research... Pretty much there's only one main Star Wars celebrity that came out of San Jose.
0: And I think you know where I'm going with this. Um, I know exactly where you're going because we both have the show notes up.
2: Of co- according to the book The George Lucas Companion by Howard Maxford, um, the uh, the sound designer for Star Wars, Ben Burtt, um, used s- many different resources and audio sources to generate the voice of Chewbacca. Yeah. Uh, our favorite Wookiee, um, one of which being a little bear cub named Tarek, who lived at the Happy Hollow Zoo in San Jose.
0: This, When you first told me this, I think we were texting each other, and you were like, yeah, dude, Star Wars totally has a Happy Hollow connection. I'm like, wait, what? No, this, you're kidding me. Isn't
2: this great? Because, of course, we grew up going to Happy Hollow. Oh, yeah.
0: Lots, what are lots some, of times. What are some of your Happy Hollow memories? Oh, my gosh. Um, it's been so long, and they've redesigned the place since then. Like, like my kids have been to Happy Hollow more recently than I have, but I just remember—I remember the Crooked House. There was a Crooked House um, um, that had like slides and stuff in mm-hmm. it, and um, I remember there being like a
2: dragon train, like a little yeah, like little
0: small train you could yeah, drive around, like a little you know kid-sized train.
2: I wish I had some memories of said Tarek the bear, but I have none. I have none. Yeah, I didn't. I'm like they have animals there. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I do. I do remember there were being at least one big cat, but it was in a very, very small cage, like of course, like tragically small, yeah. like criminally small. Um, and the other the only other thing I remember from Happy Hollow, there were these weird, um, I guess for lack of a better word, huts, and each hut had like a glass window that you could look in, and there was like a a diorama set up with little houses and things. And they had little like dead taxidermied rabbits wearing like Peter Rabbit clothing, oh, like little <laughs> coats and stuff like they were doing something, but it was all sort of like moldering and cobwebby or something. Yeah, probably. It probably was very not happy.
0: Um, <laughs> More hollow, less right. happy.
2: But I'm, I'm happy to say that there was a San Jose connection to the original Star Wars trilogy. That's so really awesome. exciting. That is really awesome. Yeah.
0: So let's
2: see now. I know personally that I always thought the 20th Century Fox fanfare music at the beginning of each Star Wars movie (laughs) was somehow part of the Star Wars soundtrack. Like, it, like it had to, like they, they, they couldn't exist without each other. Did, did you feel this way? Like, I remember as a kid, every time a movie would come on that was a 20th Century Fox movie, I would hear that fanfare, and I would like, like a Pavlovian dog, think that it was going to be a Star Wars movie, and then nine times out of ten, it wasn't, and I yeah. was really disappointed.
0: It, there, there is something about the, yeah, there's something about the 20th Century Fox music that does kind of remind me of Star Wars. Yeah. Um, and of that, that music. I don't know if like John Williams did the twentieth century Fox. Uh oh yeah, that's a great question. I wonder who was the composer of the fanfare or if it does have a composer. Well I'm sure it does. It's not like it was just auto generated out of the Matrix or something weird like that. I guess, yeah. Um but that's a good question. But yes, I totally have that kind of uh memory of it too.
2: Yeah. Um, I definitely think that a lot of the Star Wars music was really impactful, especially um, some of our old home movies that we still have. Yes, um, Listeners to our podcast might recall our G.I. Joe episode in which we used some of the audio clips derived from our home movies filmed by our father in 1984, us playing with G.I. Joe toys. And luckily, we still have some of the similar home movies of us playing with Star Wars toys uh, the same year.
0: Yeah, um, definitely.
2: And in fact, uh if uh, if it's all right with you, let's uh, let's uh, treat our listeners to a little uh little audio package.
0: You want to just check out this first one here. Let's do it. All right. This
1: is part two of Star Wars the Empire out. Okay. okay. I need the voice. I need the voice. Why does the voice blow me up? Why is it blowing me? Why would the voice be not working? I blew this. Where's the star? Where's the star? Where's the star? Billy
0: blew it up. Your voice at that age, man. That oh was, man. You know,
2: I just love how. You called it The Empire Strikes Out, which I hope will be the, the title of tonight's episode, if that's all right with you. That,
0: I, I'm okay with that. Did, is
2: that. did you just make that up? Was that something that you saw somewhere on TV? You know
0: what? If anything, that yeah. was probably Mad Magazine.
2: Oh, that sounds about right.
0: That seems like something that they would do, and I remember that at least I was. I think we both were pretty avid Mad Magazine readers i know dad was for sure oh yeah dad was i mean i remember the first time i saw that he had one from like 1958 mm-hmm. like it just blew my mind i was like this has been around that long but yeah empire strikes out i'm pretty sure that was a mad magazine thing do you
2: have a of the original trilogy a favorite of the three?
0: Oh, oh my gosh i i mean honestly as 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 much as i think hi memers Ladies and gentlemen, Memers, who who thankfully is not wearing a cone anymore. Our third chair, Memers. Our third chair, yeah, Memers. What do you think about Star Wars? <laughs> anyway, um, I'm going to say Empire. Okay, honestly, mm-hmm. it, it it there's no da- there's no denying the the impact and the um the legacy of of, of a New Hope. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I feel like Empire definitely does not suffer from the software slump. Okay. That a lot of sequels tend to run into.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I just kind of love how it kind of fleshed out more of that universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, no, personal opinion. And I mean, I get it. Everybody's going to be different. I, Return of the Jedi, just for me, I think at this point it was just getting, I don't know, too full of itself probably isn't the right term. Okay. But it's it's like, you know, there was stuff put into the movie based more on marketing okay. than, than to improve the story. You know, it, for me at least. That's what it seems.
2: All right. That's interesting. I think, I think Return of the Jedi is my favorite film of the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Mostly because I think it's as much a muppet movie as a star wars movie there
0: is no studebaker in return <laughs> of the jedi this is no muppet movie man I, I i didn't see Fozzie anywhere
2: no but there's so much jim henson it's oozing with jim henson at least the Jabba stuff and did, the Jabba palace and, and he, stuff he did are,
0: henson did that work didn't he i believe so yeah okay.
2: and and you know growing up i mean the next I love Star Wars movies and Muppet movies were not far behind. No, and, that's
0: true the Muppet movies were great.
2: And I always kind of felt like via Jim Henson's the Star Wars universe coexisted with like the Sesame Street universe. So if I was watching a Star Wars movie and Kermit the Frog showed up, like I wouldn't be shocked or surprised. It would just seem completely natural. So to just
0: me. just back somewhere on uh um like Dagobah. like Dagobah. He's in Sing, this, the Singing the Rainbow Connection. Playing a, a, like a banjo nice. or something like that. I, I can get behind that.
2: But it's interesting that you were talking about um, The Empire Strikes Back because, of course, these days we live in an internet-saturated environment with so much social media and people are so fond of nitpicking, especially recent Star Wars films. Oh, yeah. having problems with it. Oh, yeah. Of course, Empire Strikes Back is basically... If you say... That, That is your favorite Star Wars movie. I mean, that's essentially bulletproof. Nobody can really argue with you.
0: But I hope not.
2: I mean, part of me feels like if the Empire Strikes Back was released at a time period where we had all of the social media that we have today. Mm -hmm. There's so many things that people could, if they chose to have the nitpick mindset, just tear it apart over. I would never tear Empire Strikes Back apart. I love it. But let's look. Really quickly at a couple things about the Empire Strikes Back, that if you really sit down and think about it, and you want to, and you want to be in that mindset, just don't make sense. Oh, uh, okay. So the first thing I have on my list: Tie bombers. Remember the Tie Fighters? Yes. There's a Empire Strikes Back like um, a version of a Tie Fighter that drops little bombs. Which bombs dropping in space? I'm totally on board with. I don't think physics works like that but the thing is <laughs> not dropping i mean i don't i've never heard anybody complaining about the tie bombers um no. do you remember the space worm in empire strikes back there's a huge asteroid that han solo parks the millennium falcon oh, inside yeah. of to fix it yes but it turns out they're actually inside a giant worm yeah there's a part during that segment where they leave the spaceship to knock these weird little creatures off the falcon that are like sucking the power cables I think they're called minox. They look like big bats. Okay. And they they exit the Falcon, and they're, like, walking around, and they're saying, oh, the ground doesn't feel like rock. There's a lot of moisture in here. This is kind of suspicious. And yet, even as a little kid, like, that scene never made sense to me because they're basically wearing, like, um, face masks. Like, they're not wearing spacesuits. It's like, shouldn't this be the vacuum of space? Shouldn't they all be dead
0: right now? And... Could could something inside the worm be creating uh, at least something breathable? Well, I'm sure, but I mean,
2: you would have thought that would have been the the biggest tip off that this isn't just an asteroid. It's like you're walking outside a spaceship without a spacesuit.
0: Oh, of. oh, I see where you're going with that. Yes, okay, yes, that makes a lot of sense.
2: There's also a part in Empire Strikes Back when Luke and Vader are having a a, a lightsaber duel on Cloud City. Yeah. Um, and there's one point when Luke strikes Vader on the shoulder with his lightsaber mm-hmm. and it makes all these sparks, but it doesn't like cut his arm off as lightsabers probably should, unless like, he's got
0: some really sick armor.
2: It kind of bounced off, which was, I always thought kind of weird. Yeah. And then <laughs> of course the emotional, arguably the emotional climax of Empire Strikes Back, Darth Vader really reveals to Luke that he is his father and Luke decides to, instead of go with Darth fall to his apparent death off the big tower thing yeah like okay why didn't darth vader just use the force to like grab him in midair and like not let him fall (laughs) to his death and just like float him back to the emperor like don't get me wrong don't get me wrong i love empire strikes back and you're not going to
0: nitpick it of course
2: i'm not going to nitpick it but it's like the people these days, it's like they intentionally nitpick. And it's like those people, hey, listen, if you're going to nitpick, nitpick everything. Nitpick Empire Strikes Back. Nitpick these parts of Empire Strikes Back. Maybe you shouldn't nitpick.
0: Maybe we should just sit back and enjoy these movies because I do. You know, as I like to say to myself and to others quite frequently, because, I mean, look, even in the world of Doctor Who, which I'm very well versed in, is people get up at arms very easily. I say, repeat to yourself, it's just a show. I should really just relax. Right, right. <laughs> um, now, I do have to say that uh,
2: one most of my childhood Star Wars memories—it's—it's going to sound really weird, and I'm going to have to try to explain this. They're negative memories, and okay. what do I mean by negative memories? I think it's easier as a, to remember childhood memories that are somehow painful, mm-hmm. and one of the things about. Our childhood. I think in like 1984, 1985, they released a couple of made-for-TV Star Wars movies. Yes,
0: not as fun as the uh, Christmas special.
2: (laughs) No. There was The Caravan of Courage, in Ewok Adventure, and Ewok's The Battle for Endor. Oh, boy. And I never saw these, but all the neighborhood kids did. And Mm -hmm. I can distinctly remember as a kid the others talking about these films and... In my mind, I didn't quite understand that these were kind of made-for-TV movies with Ewoks and Wilfred Brimley, and
0: like <laughs> was he was he was he given the Ewoks diabetes? He was not giving the Ewoks diabetes. Okay, good.
2: But at the same time, because they came out after Return of the Jedi, I thought that that meant these films were both released in the cinema and they were both sequels to Return of the Jedi that continued the the Skywalker saga. In in primarily Ewok form, I guess, and so, it it was like a, it was like a gut punch. I was devastated. I was I felt that the world had conspired against me, and mom and dad had failed to take me to the movies to see the next two Star Wars movies, and
0: they had simply failed to turn on the NBC movie of the week.
2: Yeah, and it's like even to this day, I've never seen those films because I don't think I
0: I yeah. When you put those on the notes, I'm like I don't remember these. It,
2: it's but for me, it's like so painful. Like it's painful because it's like that was the one time in my life I felt like Star Wars broke up with me. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I, I might be overthinking this, but it was it
2: was actually kind of a painful memory. But I, because I, of that, I remember it vividly. I, I think
0: guess. you should push through the pain. I think you should find them and watch them. Maybe I don't know. Um. Yeah.
2: But, you know, it's interesting because you and Kobe a couple years ago gave me as a gift um, the what are called the despecialized specialized editions yes. of the original trilogy, um, lovingly put together by, I think, a gentleman from Central Europe named Harmy and many others. And they kind of took out all of the CGI special effects that Lucas added in the 90s. And I got to tell you, that's just such a great gift. It's like... Good. It's It's like being able to... How do I say this? It's like being able to read, like... Like the the Bible in its original Greek or Hebrew, like there's just something so refreshing sure. about it, so direct and immediate about it. What was it, Aramaic or something? Yeah, and it's 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 so great. Um, and a lot of people had a lot of obvious qualms with the special editions, and oh yeah, you know, uh, you know Han Solo not shooting first, all that kind of stuff. Han always shot first. But there's a, there's a couple things that for me. I really miss about the original versions. Hmm. Um, There was, I don't know if you remember this part, but in the original Star Wars, right after Luke destroys the Death Star, you know, he comes back in his X-Wing. Yeah. He lands it, he gets out of the cockpit, and everybody's cheering. And he says something, and I could swear that he says Carrie, Carrie Fisher, right? Right. And, of course, I read online that he claims that that's not what he said. It's not like he forgot that her character's name was Princess Leia, and that... He just called out Carrie. He was saying something else. But even as a little kid, I would have sworn he said Carrie. And I think that they definitely changed that in the special editions. That wouldn't
0: surprise me if they did some ADR to, yeah. to redo that. Or, or you know, it's just one of the biggest Mandela effects ever.
2: <laughs> and there was a part in Return of the Jedi when the Emperor... I had to do a little digging for this because I, I knew what I was talking about, but I didn't know what it was right there's something called i guess people on the internet call it the emperor's slugs
0: (laughs) i have a vague recollection of this This it's been a very long time since i've seen jedi
2: right so apparently they were animated blobs of black added over parts of the emperor's hood during close-ups to cover up smudges of his makeup that got on the fabric but like i don't know about you but when I was a kid, whenever I watched a cartoon show, like let's say Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Let's say in the background of the shot or the scene, there was a bookcase and Shaggy was going to pick up a book. You could always kind of tell before they picked up the book that that book looked different because it was animated. It wasn't part of the background. Yes. Painting. You're and you always kind of like zoomed in on it and knew like something was going to happen there. That book was going to get picked yep. up or something. Yep. And whenever I saw Return of the Jedi on television as a kid, I would see that little animated black blob on the face of the emperor and i would immediately say oh something's going to happen there's going to be some sort of cartoon thing happening here
0: yep shaggy's going to pick it up yeah
2: and it (laughs) just i mean it never did but of course you know with the lovely you know effects of computers you can digitally get in there and clean that up and it looks better and it's not as obtrusive and i guess from what i read a lot of people on the internet find it horribly obtrusive but as a kid i loved it and I don't see that anymore and it kind of bothers me it, out a little bit yeah
0: I mean and, and I, I get that I, I think we both can kind of appreciate this aesthetic of we don't want to see something that's perfectly flawless mm-hmm. we, we can appreciate the flaws that something has mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know um, I've got countless VW stories I could tell in that regard but won't because that was a different episode but I get what you're saying is 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 you know seeing where they went in to hide these marks it, it's
2: well it's you, almost... you're
0: seeing you're seeing the filmmaking you're seeing the art of the filmmaking rather than I just see this perfect image of right. palpatine
2: and that that actually leads into another thing I wanted to mention that unfortunately I thought of too late to add to our show notes but um, do you have any memory of, from our childhood, a lot of the amazing television documentaries that were produced that were like the behind the scenes or the making of Star Wars? I mean, there's there was, oh. there was one that was on PBS. I think it was a special episode of Nova where they did a lot. Of, they showed a lot of the stop motion stuff that they did for Jedi, like the speeder bikes.
0: You know, that does ring a bell.
2: And, you know, just going on YouTube, I mean, there's so many great... Um, documentaries like that maybe hosted by Mark Hamill or something Mm -hmm. And I would love to see if they had I would love a documentary about the Star Wars documentaries from the 70s and 80s like they're just so funky because you see like um, there's one where Carrie Fisher is like playing an arcade game and there's one where like uh, Harrison Ford is on like a sailboat or something and you know they're they're, they're giving interviews and talking about the character and all their experiences and it's just it's just such a fun, weird little thing.
0: Um, it's pretty exciting. I, I love. I, I really do love behind the scenes stuff. Some of the the more recent Blu Ray uh, uh, seasons of Doctor Who that have been released, Classic Doctor Who, have had some excellent behind the scenes stuff. So yeah, any anything like that, Star Wars, or anything else that that we love and we we remember really well.
2: I guess I guess I'd have to say, in retrospect, like looking back. In the big picture of the original trilogy, I almost kind of look that it's like, I don't want to say the last great gasp, but it was sort of like the, the highest peak that movie makers reached in terms of those movie making techniques that were so important for decades and generations, like... Um, like model building, practical effects, stop motion, puppetry, claymation, matte paintings, all that kind of stuff that got killed by CGI.
0: Mm, like, I can see that. I,
2: it's. I guess the best thing I can think of is, I think in the 1940s there were some steam locomotives that were invented that were just the absolute peak of technical brilliance and efficiency for steam engines. And they they were made obsolete within just a few years because diesel locomotives came out mm-hmm. and you know, diesel locomotives, they're, they're easier, they're cleaner, they're cheaper, they're faster, but you know, they don't have the romance of the steam engines. Yeah. Know?
0: And it is, it's, 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 that romance yeah, aspect that, that we kind of glom onto in our nostalgia. Definitely. No, I, I, completely agree. I mean, especially some of the model building and stuff, I mean, what they're able to do, um, and and the matte paintings especially are are, are just incredible. Totally uh, through these films, and I and I think we get it, you know, in a few other places
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, in the eighties, um, and I would I would say at least maybe into the early nineties, because you know by the time you hit the late eighties, some of this CG stuff is kind of just starting to blossom. But it it's like you can tell it's mm-hmm. CG. It's not. Yeah. It's not like we've got today where we've got like motion capture and you right. know well, oh, we're taking you know older Carrie Fisher and making her look younger. We're completely recreating Peter Cushing as uh, grand Moff Tarkin and, right. and this completely crazy stuff that you would never think possible 30 years ago. Do you have a favorite star Wars character? Oh boy. Um, that's a really good question.
2: My favorite star Wars character, hands down, flat out job of the Hutt. I think, okay. I think you can make an argument that he's not a villain. He's, oh, a, really? he's, a, he's a businessman, he's a fat cat, he likes to live the good life. Okay. Um, and you know what's weird, like the job of the hut death scene when like Carrie Fisher strangles him yes. with like a like a like yeah, a with chain. chain, yeah. Like I was rewatching that today and it's pretty intense. Like this is going to sound really bad, but I think it's the closest that we've ever gotten in a Star Wars film to a sex scene. I mean, it's obviously not a sex scene; it's a death scene. But I mean, if you if you look at it another way, I mean, it
0: there's like something else going on there, you know. I don't know. I I suppose I would have to rewatch that before I could give an educated all right uh, impression of it. Okay. Um, and I'm just going to spend the rest of the night wondering about other things, and I'm going to leave that there. Um,
2: He's great. He's a couch potato.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, no, you know, no I can it.
2: relate to that. <laughs> you know.
0: Um. I think he would do a better job as president right now, but I'm not going to get political. of you know. for president. Dude. I'm still, I'm still voting giant asteroid for 2020. <laughs> um, but favorite, favorite, um, favorite star Wars character. Good Lord. I mean, it's just, it's so tough. I mean, I, I, it's so easy to say something like I've, I've always liked Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I I love that kind of like. Space pirate. Know, yeah. Space pirate. Uh, um, um, you know, handsome rogue
1: mm-hmm.
0: kind of type. Um, but you know, I, I'd be more likely to to you know pick someone who made a more memorable action figure, like like the like the the dude with like the three eyes, the one center eye, and the Reese. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. You remember I, that guy? I, oh
1: God! Yeah, totally. Yeah.
0: Um, that was that was one of those action figures that I very clearly remember. So it's like, ah, oh, I like him.
2: Well, yeah. hey, should we
0: uh, should we roll into the toys? Let's roll into the let's toys. Let's roll into definitely. the toys. Yeah, definitely.
2: Now, um, I do want to give a big shout out to a website called I dot com. It the the gentleman who put the website together, I think his name is Tom. Okay. It, the idea behind the website is so brilliant, and because it's so simple, and it's so simple, it's brilliant. And it's basically a website where people around the world can submit images that were taken in the 70s and 80s, primarily of them interacting with Star Wars merchandise. So oh, a lot of photos okay. of, like, let's say Christmas mornings or birthday parties where yeah. kids are opening up their, yeah. their toys and playing with them. And, I mean, ultimately, my love of Star Wars is based in nostalgia. And this website gives tons of this nostalgia in a pure, unfiltered, original way. It is so... I, I can have the worst day at work and look at this website and it'll just turn my
0: emotions around 180 degrees. That's it's, awesome. It's I, so good. I will put a link to that in the show notes for sure. I'm going to check this out too.
2: Now, um, do you have any particular childhood Star Wars toy memories that jump off?
0: Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I remember stuff like having like um, the big, the at-at hmm um, but I remember us draping like a, you know, white bed sheet over the couch and maybe the ottoman or something mm-hmm. and literally staying there with, you know, our ginormous uh, uh, camcorder VCR combo on a tripod
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and stop motioning mm-hmm. like a Hoth battle scene and like moving the legs just a little bit every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I think dad was pretty, pretty big. Behind that. He's yeah. Sort of
2: like our director of our childhood home movies. Oh, definitely. Um, and I, I know the scene you're talking about, it's it's quite uh, um, uh, charming because...
0: I'm, I'm proud of it. I mean, that's I'm, stop motion animation by, it, by a couple of kids. It, it's stop
2: motion animation, but it's like, it's so funny because each leg it, movement they last. We last like half a second, which actually for stop motion is super long. so oh, it, it's, it looks really funky long, looking. Yeah. You know? It's a very
0: slow moving ad.
2: Um, I just remember how big it was because obviously I was so small. Well, like yeah. Sticking, you, there was a way you could stick your hand inside the body of it and
0: move yes, its cause head. Yes, because there was like yeah, a yeah, there was a little yeah, yeah. You could grip like and a grip. And, yeah,
1: right.
0: Um, and it was pretty tall. I mean, literally, as we sit here, and it was probably as tall as my leg is now. So I mean, that had to have at least been a foot and a half tall. I'm thinking. One of the one of the
2: crazy things for me is in listening to a lot of Star Wars podcasts. People are very um, gung ho about collecting the action figures, mm-hmm. and as a kid, I mean, I found that so surprising um, because as a kid, I thought the vehicles were where it was at. It was about having the ships and the vehicles, and the action figures were almost kind of just like almost like a like a side thought. Like if it turned out that you were having, you know. R5-D4, fly the Millennium Falcon or something like that. The, you know, one of the droids instead of Han Solo. It was no biggie, you know? It's
0: it's kind of funny that it comes up because, yeah, most of my memories are clearer with the vehicles mm-hmm. than the action. Now, some of the action figures, of course, I remember really clearly, but it's, it's almost a little bit of the inverse of, like, our G.I. Joe memories mm-hmm. where, like, the characters really stood out mm-hmm. and the vehicles were just kind of secondary. Not that they were, like, Lesser because mm-hmm. there were some great G.I. Joe vehicles, but yeah, you know, when I think G.I. Joe, I think about the figures first, when I think about Star Wars, I think about the vehicles first, and I don't know exactly why that is.
2: I mean, I think that, um, I seem to remember our toy box, or at least our main toy box, being a cardboard shipping container for Mickey's malt liquor. I'm, <laughs> it not, sh- been. I'm not sure if that's an accurate memory, but <laughs> I'm gonna stand by it. Um, But I definitely remember the Kenner Millennium Falcon, and I remember Christmas morning
0: opening it up, opening the
2: box up, being smitten, and applying all the stickers immediately. And I was applying the stickers for the engine in the back, and I put the stickers on upside down. I remember this. I was so shocked that I I was like, okay, I better peel them off carefully and turn them right side up. And when I tried to peel them off, they ripped. Yes. And again, this is, I'm going back to this whole thing about where, when it's the painful memory, it's the memory that sticks in your mind more, or eat more easily, because it's so vivid. Yeah. Um, And I was horrified. I was, I mean, it was something perfect that all of a sudden is not perfect, basically. Yeah. You remember that as well? Oh, I do. I absolutely
0: remember those stickers. And I I'd forgotten about it until I saw it in the Mm. notes. I was like, oh, that's right. Yeah. But the other thing that I remember, and of course, this is the Millennium Falcon, that it was so big, it literally had like a center leg that came down that you could hold and it would rest on your arm. Right. And you could fly it around, which honestly, I think was kind of a brilliant design. Totally. Um, But I seem to remember having very clear memories of you being so smitten with it, even with the stickers upside down. That you slept with it in your bed. I'm sure I did. I'm, I, I I feel like there's a picture somewhere of it. I, I do but, but I've never come across it. I've exhausted all the photos at mom and
2: dad's. And I, if there is a photo of it, I would be. I would love to see it. I, right. I, I definitely. I mean, I definitely when my first bicycle I got, I definitely had that slept with that in the standing up in the corner of the bedroom. So it sounds it's better, better than having in the bed. That that would be awkward. That and, that would be awkward, uh-huh. um, especially with training wheels. <laughs> uh, now, do you remember the uh, the Kenner the, quote unquote the Force lightsabers?
1: Yes. Now, tell this tell was, me about
0: these. This was this was probably one of probably my longest lasting, vivid Star Wars toys memory. These were like non-collapsible, right? Mm -hmm. Because the later ones, they would, you could (laughs) telescope. Yeah, they were, they, they telescope out, um, this lightsaber, you know, it was one big, just hard plastic had stickers to, you know, make it look more realistic, Mm -hmm. um, came in, if I remember right, red or blue and that was it.
2: I think it was, there was three, three colors, red, yellow, and green.
0: I don't think it was quite that Rasta. Was it? Okay. I'm pretty sure. Did we have red? I thought we had red. We definitely had red. We had red. Okay. We definitely had red. I I don't remember if we both had red. We might have. All right. Um, But I thought it was just red and blue. Maybe it's red, blue, and green. Okay. Anyway. um, But down in the handle, right? So just just above the hands, basically like the hilt, I guess, of the lightsaber, there were holes cut in it, all uh, like like a wiffle ball
1: mm-hmm.
0: kind of thing. They were kind of oval-shaped. And as you swung the lightsaber, uh-huh. the way that the air cut through those holes, it would go...
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And as kids, that was just the most amazing flipping sound. You're like, oh my god, Like I don't know how this is making the sound, right? but it's making the sound. And I am so cool right now.
2: It was the most high tech thing we'd ever seen. It,
0: it, yeah, for something as simple as basically the air going mm-hmm. over the top of like a, a soda bottle. Yeah, because that's all this was. <laughs> you know, um, it was it was endless, endless. Now fun.
2: my memory. Tell me if I'm right. My memory was we got these, or at least we had them, Christmas at Grandma and Grandpa's place in Sunnyvale.
0: Probably. Okay. All right. Probably, I don't have, like, a clear memory of, like, opening like it when up. when and where? Yeah, okay. I don't. Um, but being Christmas, I wouldn't be in the least bit surprised.
2: I'm amazed that we, I mean, maybe we did break stuff. I mean, we must have been, like, bulls in a china shop with those things. It must have been outdoor-only toys, I would think.
0: I'm I'm pretty sure it was. And, and, you know, I mean, for the most part at that age, we were kind of outdoor kids. Mm-hmm. More, You know, we hadn't been completely sucked into, like, video games and Nickelodeon and stuff just yet. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm pretty sure Front Yard, Backyard, you know, if it was in the house a little bit, mm-hmm. it probably wasn't for very long before it was like, get out, get out with those things. Oh, wait,
2: I just had a brain flash. I just oh, had yeah. a memory. Oh. So that going back to the Falcon for a minute, I have this super strong memory of being a little kid, going into... Toy stores are, I think, more like d Hobby Shop. Okay. And I would see, they used to have these Return of the Jedi model kits. And the boxes were like a shiny silver color. And I would see them on the shelf, and I would think that they were going to be like the Kenner toys. And I'd get excited, and I'd go pick it up. And then I would realize that it's not actually a toy, but it's the model kit. And, okay. Which is, you know, nothing against model kits, but as a little kid, I didn't have the, you know, the uh, the self-control to sit down and actually put a model together. I wanted, you know, the Kenner toy just to bust out of the box and start playing with it. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, that's that's the one.
0: Um, I'm, I'm bringing up some images right here. Yeah. Of NPC right. brand.
2: Yeah, that's the one. And... I can remember, even like, it felt like years after the Kenner stuff left the shelves, I would still see those silver boxes.
0: Oh, that wouldn't surprise me one bit. On I mean, the shelves. The, the stuff that would stick around in terms of model kits that you could get. You know, even stuff that you see, still see today in model shops, it's like...
2: But it was like it was a, it was a, it was such a negative reaction to seeing like even, even now just looking at that screen on the computer, like I'm having a negative visual reaction because I'm remembering how much I would be disappointed that I wasn't holding the box for a Kenner toy, but for wow. like a boring model that early would take forever to put together and then you couldn't really play with it, you just didn't look at right, it because it's, it's so fragile. It's a model, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Right. It's obviously the, the the Kenner stuff made more for kids. Right. These N P C models made more for adults who wanna like Show off their model-making skills. Totally.
2: Um, now, when I say MTV-7...
0: I'm thinking of the 7th MTV channel that seventh, we had MTV on... The MTV7. Yeah, right. right. And they only played... Polka music. Yes. right. MTV Polka. That's <laughs> right. right. That right. was the best. So,
2: <laughs> a- apparently... Now, um, you know, not very familiar with the name, but um, this was one of the... I guess they're called mini-rigs, but in terms of looking at old pictures... Oh, memories galore complaints. Yes, same. This was a weird little car thing that we never saw in the movies as far as I, I can remember. I don't remember
0: it from the movies
2: no. But it looked like a weird steamroller yep. and the ax you it's going to be difficult to difficult to explain this verbally, but I, it was almost like the axles were on springs and you could push it down and it would become a low-rider steamroller. Yes. You know, does that
1: yeah,
0: okay. no, it completely. I it, you do a good job. It's it's they're 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 hinged, so yeah. you put downward pressure on the toy, and it would flatten out. Maybe I guess you've got to go under a low bridge or or something. I mean, I think of all or you my roll into certain neighborhoods.
2: Roll into and you to want certain out. neighborhoods. <laughs> it, it was it was definitely I think my only Star Wars toy vehicle that was like a car rather than a ship or a airplane. It, yeah, and, I can see that, definitely. Um, or an AT-AT, something that walked. Right. And it was definitely my ride. Like, when I, you know, have to, like, you know, give up my Saturn because it won't, like, drive anymore, like, I want that thing. Oh, that's boy. Big, I want to be, that's I how I want
0: to be rolling. I don't think it'll be faster than your Saturn. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm saying. But you remember that thing. Oh, I totally remember that. You remember it. It. Oh, yeah, very, very clearly. Oh,
2: that's great. Very clearly. It's awesome.
0: Um, tell, me, tell me about the B-Wing fighter because you've got quite the memory on that one.
2: Yeah, I mean... We first of all, we had tons of these toys, so I mean yeah. we can't talk about all of them tonight. No. We'd be no. here till midnight. Kind of
0: picking our highlights right now.
2: Um but the B Wing Fighter has a special place in my heart because um as listeners to our podcast may remember, um, we don't have a lot of our childhood things anymore. What we do have is mainly because of your brilliance in terms of you were smart enough to grab onto it and hold it, like the Nintendo stuff for instance. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, And I think most people, you know, the the, the joke is, oh, my mother threw away all my comic books, yada, yada, yada. Right. When I was a little kid, it was all about me. There were, like, points in my life as a little kid when I would have these, like, periodic purges. And I would, like, okay, you know, there's no room left in the toy box. There's no room left in the closet. We're going to dump all this stuff. You know, and I was the person that was mom and dad. I think if I hadn't been so uptight, we'd still have all this stuff floating around the house.
0: I, I'll, look, um, I'll put it this way. I mean, I don't know if you've seen parents room lately, but boy, I wish he had your your, <laughs> your genes for that because trying to get him to purchase. Oh.
2: Anyway, to make a long story short, as a, as a kid, there was a point in our, our childhood when and this was probably mid 80s, late 80s, when I had convinced mom and dad to rent a, a dumpster and we were tossing tons of stuff. And one of the things I tossed was my B-Wing fighter. And the kids across the street, the Marigoli kids, Mm -hmm. who were sort of like frenemies. Sort of. Sort of, right. I remember them digging into the dumpster and finding the B-Wing and taking it home and flying with it and playing with it. And to this day, I can, in my mind, picture them doing that. And the reason that that memory makes me happy is... I'm probably 99% sure that all of my childhood Star Wars toys right now are at the bottom of the landfill. However, I can pretend that my childhood B-Wing fighter potentially is still out there somewhere being played with. I mean, it's probably that the kids across the street eventually, they tossed it at some point. Mm -hmm. But the last time I ever saw it was not being hauled off by a junk man, but it was flying in the hands of a child, which it should be. And so that's... that's like the little... Dream I have, I guess. Good. You know, because I mean, honestly, if Mom and Dad were cleaning up the house tomorrow and found like, like one leg off of a Luke Skywalker action figure, I would immediately drive down, take it from them, and like put it in some sort of weird display case, just yeah. that I'd have some tangible relic
1: of my childhood right. toys. Right, you know what I mean? and that, that's
0: kind—that's of, kind of what what we've become. I mean,
1: mm-hmm.
0: especially doing this podcast, is we we remember. These things that really we'd forgotten about,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and if we hadn't done this, would still remain forgotten.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and you know, yeah, I mean, all sorts of things that we 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 look back on and we we want to grab onto this stuff. And you know, the trick is not grabbing onto too much and yeah. finding yourself in a situation where it's like mm, I really kind of have to purge some of this stuff. Do you remember the Java playset? I do remember the Java playset, yes. Do you remember what Java was sitting on? It was this kind of platform that okay. if you moved him off it, you could twist a couple knobs and it would open up. Mm-hmm. And there was like this like, not very deep dungeon underneath <laughs> yeah. it, basically. And I, I think there were some like maybe skulls or bones or stuff kind of pre-molded into the plastic underneath yeah, him, yeah, or, yeah. if I remember correctly. right. Um, but yeah, that that was a fun one. Now, what about the speeder bike? Okay, speeder bike. Yes, let's talk speeder bike. Let's talk speeder bike. I loved the speeder bike. I may have my feelings about Jedi as a movie, um, but the speeder bike as a toy was awesome. So
2: that was your ride? My ride was a steamroller?
0: It was, yeah, your I mean, that was... was definitely one of my favorites. Okay. For sure. Um, I think... Because, and part of it is because I remember some of the home movies Mm -hmm. that we would do. But the other thing is, is that it literally, um, you know, because the scene in the film, which shot so well. I mean, I I love the speeder bike chase in in that film. um, And and you get them crashing into the trees and stuff, is that there is a button on the back. So you kind of hold it on the back Mm -hmm. and you're kind of, you know. Playing with him and everything, but there was a button right there. You could push the button, and the speeder bike would fly into like three pieces. It would explode, basically. It would explode. Yeah. Um. And and I mean, I don't know, a couple of kids that just like explosions, man. That was yeah. That was countless hours of fun. it yeah. Just been like woo. It was awesome. They're just blowing stuff up. Um. Such good toys. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No, I mean, I I've watched the um. The episode of the toys that made us
1: mm-hmm.
0: on on Star Wars toys that was one of the first ones that I watched, yeah. um, and and the story behind them and the the, the thought that was put into them mm-hmm. was, was actually really impressive. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, I totally recommend people watch that.
2: Do you have any memories or flashbacks of any of the individual action figures, Star Wars action figures that we had?
1: Um,
0: boy, other than Ries. Um, who I remember very clearly mm-hmm. having the action figure of um does he stick out for you a lot
2: just because he was so weird looking do you think
0: i I think so, but I think that was I think that was one of those figures that even after we had gotten rid of most of our stuff, like he had fallen behind something or under something, and so he stuck around longer. He
2: was the last man standing might have been
0: yeah, um you know i you've got on here this uh, this version of Leia.
2: Yeah, Leia Bush, Yeah, that's the uh, version of Leia when essentially she's in Return of the Jedi and she's sneaking into Jabba's palace pretending to have captured um, Chewbacca. Yeah. Um, she has a weird helmet on. She's um, looking kind of bounty hunterish. She's a bounty hunter. She has a thermal detonator, like a hand grenade that she uses to kind of blackmail Jabba into some more cash. Yeah. I loved that figure. I think I loved it so much because you could take the helmet on and off. Okay. And I don't know. I mean, I guess I was just easily amused as a child. I mean, but um, there was just something about being able to, you know, do a little peekaboo with that, you know, that was kind of exciting. <laughs> um,
0: no, I, I, and I remember it. I remember, I remember the the shape of the helmet
1: mm-hmm, very mm-hmm.
0: clearly and how that was designed. Um, so yeah, I remember that toy totally really well too.
2: I had a real affinity for the, um, the Tuscan Raider, the sand Person action figure yes. which oh we, yeah you know viewers or listeners will remember from love the sand people the first star wars movie in fact uh let's take a trip back to 1984 and listen to a really quick little audio uh, uh recording of me doing an impersonation
0: of a sand person <laughs> yeah this is good
1: ah!
0: oh. you sound hilarious well you know what
2: he he, he's a great guy um i mean it's it's really weird because i watch that old home movie now and our neighbor jack who's playing with us in those videos i mean he's he's trying to um i'm 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 adamant that he have the sand person inserted into the cockpit of my y-wing fighter and that he'd fly the y-wing but but jack can't get him to fit in there. With, while he's wearing his vinyl cape. So he asks if I want the vinyl cape removed so he can put the, the canopy on. And I'm I'm like, no, no, no. He needs to be flying the Y-Wing wearing his vinyl cape. <laughs> so he ends up flying this spaceship without a canopy
0: just with the top down, apparently. Man, can we just nitpick that for a second? Because I don't <laughs> think his cape is going to flutter in space. Right, right. But, uh... uh God! If he finds himself in a worm. He's fine. I love that. I loved that, dude. <laughs> that guy was great. Oh, no, I... I, I Yeah, that was, I mean, both in the film and in the toy. I mean, the design of the Sand People is really, really cool. We had um,
2: one of the action figures. It was Han Solo, and it, he was, it's called Han Hoth. It's when he's wearing a blue parka from Empire Strikes Back. like okay, a snow yeah. suit, you yeah, know? Yeah. For some reason, I don't know why, like, that was like... Not only my least favorite toy, it was like I I act, actively disliked that toy, and I don't know why. You have so many bad. negative
0: feelings about Star Wars. I'm just pointing this out. <laughs> right? yeah,
2: see, know? yeah, it's a love hate relationship. I can remember looking into the toy box and being like, you know, I am never going to touch you, or you are never going to get played with <laughs> ever again, buddy. I mean, I, I, I'm 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 having to I'm having to think that maybe you you were the one that bought that one.
0: Or maybe I to gave it as a gift. Yeah, maybe because you know, I mean. Realistically, you know, Han Solo in his you know cavalry pants and his you know New Hope outfit is obviously exciting. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Han Solo in carbonite uh, on some level because oh my god, has just gotten frozen carbonite is exciting on some level. Han Solo in you know a blue parka because he's off what skiing in Park City, Utah or something. Not so exciting. Yeah, I, I just don't know why I hate that guy, but I just I just hated him. And I feel bad saying that, but I mean, I just... Don't feel bad saying I gotta it, be man. honest. You feel know? your feels. Feel your feels.
2: I can definitely remember some of the neighbor kids talking about um, one of the... I think the last Kenner Star Wars action figure toy line, it was called Power of the Force. Okay. Um, well, I mean, I guess there were like later figures from like the cartoon shows, droids, and Ewoks. But anyway, Power of the Force, of course, uh, probably most well-known for the fact that you would buy the toy, and on the blister card or whatever, there were in addition to the action figure, there would be a coin.
0: Yeah, like a little collector, a coin. a little collector coin. <laughs> Each coin
2: would be a you know the face of that character, I guess. Yes. Um, and I wasn't really, I guess, into stories at that point. But I remember people explaining to me that you would go to the store and you would buy the Star Wars action figure, and you would get a coin. And I remember being very confused, and I would feel very sad for my you know fellow children because. I was thinking, no, 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 you, you're you getting this whole concept of capitalism wrong. You actually have to give the coin to get the toy. It's not you go and get a toy and get a coin, because I thought, you know, if that were true, you could basically, you know, you wouldn't have to get a job ever. You could just have a whole life. You would go to the store, get a toy. They would give you a coin, which you could use to buy groceries or you know, rent, pay rent, or that's, anything like that. Yes. And it was a perfect, you know, form of economic, like, arbitrage or something, basically. I, I,
0: Mr. Landlord, I'd like to stay another month. Here's my Boba Fett coin. Yeah, I need 50 coins to,
2: you know, pay my bill. So I'm going to go to the store and get 50 action figures, you know. Dear
0: PG&E, I'm sorry I can't pay my bill. I don't have enough Leia coins. Totally. <laughs> so anyway, that's just
2: another kind of the weird weird memories I have. That's a great um, one, although I love it. Let's see. Let's see. I, I love, love it. Sure. Uh, do you do you feel that, there's? Th- I almost kind of feel that, and, and, and maybe our listeners can chime in too, I almost feel that the toys, Star Wars toys and other such toys from our childhood, almost served a role or a function in addition to play, just play things. Yeah. Like, it was a way for us to re-experience, re-watch, recapitulate the movie, the TV show, the cartoon, whatever. Sure. I mean, like, today we can watch a movie and five seconds later hit a couple buttons and you can watch it whenever you want to, wherever you want to, right? Yeah. I mean, when we grew up, I mean, up until the point where we got a VCR, it was basically, you know, whenever it was in the theaters or you were lucky that it came on HBO or something like that.
0: And, and you it, were just scrambling HBO. Whoops.
2: And it it was almost like the toys was were like the... The next best thing to rewatching it. So yeah, do you do you, do you buy that thesis? Or? No, I
0: I completely buy that thesis. I mean, um, you know, even not even so much like even recording it when it came on TV. I mean, I I remember, I remember a time when it's like, we, oh, you want to buy this movie on VHS? Mm-hmm. It's sixty bucks. And it's like, oh, whoa, no, 60 yeah. bucks for a VHS. Oh, I remember. I'm like. I want to say that mom like
2: spent like ninety bucks at a McDonald's to buy a VHS of Dances with Wolves. Yes, yes. Which is like, wait a second. It's like let's pa- hit the pause button. Okay. Like, do you remember this? I do. And it's like, first of all, why are we buying a VHS copy of Dances with Wolves at McDonald's? I don't remember because like, that we, was the
0: weirdest Happy Meal toy ever. Why
2: aren't we at like you know uh, wherever you really buy v- like VHS? Like I just like you the, know
0: you know the pull, warehouse or pull, something. Pull the string on the toy Tonka. <laughs> Tatanka, to
2: but ninety dollars? I mean, that's, ninety dollars. Yeah. I mean, yeah,
0: like, I don't remember if it was some sort of special edition I or what. But McDonald's, yeah, I know, ninety bucks. Mom must
2: have loved that film to drop. $90. We
0: all loved. We that weren't film. like a
2: we weren't like a rich family
0: though, and yet we had all these toys. I know. I, I
2: like to think that mom and dad invested in our childhood happiness rather than in, in in a in a, in a, in a hmm. how do I say this? We had really happy childhood memories, and I think that's just another way of saying we had great parents. You know yes. I
0: mean? Oh, yes. You say this every few episodes, yeah. and 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 it is true. And I'm not saying don't say it, you know. Yeah. But um, it is true. We we we, you know, especially when we look back, and it's like, oh yeah, we had that too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we had that too. How did we have all of these? Like, we didn't have a big house growing up. Like, where did all this stuff stay? No. I mean, I think, we shared a bedroom.
2: But I I I think mom and dad sacrificed a lot of their own creature comforts to give us. Great things.
0: I, I think on some level, you know, but I think at the same time, I mean, look, I'm a parent. I get it. I like seeing my kids happy.
1: Mm-hmm. hmm
0: You know? Um, I like seeing them play and use their imaginations and stuff. And luckily, when they're together, they're fantastic at it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: mm mm-hmm. um, But, uh, yeah, they just, you know, and Mamers feels that way, too. Now, do you
2: remember, like any of the stores we would purchase our star wars toys at uh, does that it could have been kitty world it could have been macy's or sears kitty or world Mervin's.
0: uh i don't i don't really think of mervyn's as as being a place to get toys although i suppose they had some uh, i used to get robotech toys at mervyn's isn't that really weird? yeah that's that is weird i know right that is very weird i don't uh, yeah huh when do you think we, we got out
2: of Star Wars, for lack of a better phrase?
0: I, boy, I I would probably say that it was toward the later 80s, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, maybe by 87 mm-hmm. or so, because at that point, you know, we had other stuff kind of coming up and taking our attention. You know, we obviously, we had Back to the Future, we mm-hmm. had Ghostbusters, we had... Um, you know, by '87, I had Doctor Who.
2: You know, I almost called. I almost kind of felt like Robotech was like it was like a more mature. It was like it was my way to experience space battles, but it felt so somehow more adult than Star Wars because you well, had like yeah, because you've
0: got the Japanese animation.
2: Yeah, and you uh, had like you know maybe the characters were dealing
0: with more adult issues. Yeah. I mean there's there, there was definitely um and I, it's, I know this isn't true of of all anime, and there are some that are are you know grittier still than than Robotech
1: uh-huh.
0: um, but yeah there 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 was an aspect of it that certainly was it was grounded more toward our present day. Uh-huh. you know Star Wars is that classic in a galaxy far, far away. Um, although the long, long time ago I would, I would argue with, I would actually say it's deep in our future, but that's a whole nother theory for another day. Huh. Um, because you know, the scripts, I mean, I could say, yes, it's all written in English, but you know, monsters on Dr. Who talk in English. Right. Right. But it, it, I feel like there's certain turns of phrases that are used in the film, and i, I get it it's written by a scriptwriter in the twentieth century. Mm-hmm. you know you can work long and hard to make sure that no turns of phrase that that would be familiar to someone in the twentieth century are used, but there's stuff that they and I can't think of an example of course right now, but you know there's stuff that gets said where it's like, well, no, wait a second, why would you use that mm-hmm. phrase? Like this this can't be a long time ago. Mm. I'm like, no 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 no. This is deep in human future. Hmm. and you've just forgotten
1: Earth. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know?
0: this, oh, weird. There, yeah, I've 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 always entertained and there's a few shows and stuff where mm-hmm. I've been like, Oh I know. This yeah. is you just said such and such. That's an earth phrase, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's that's I have I have I don't deep dive on this. I don't you know Yeah, you know, Really, well, it's, the, it's the nitpick thing. It's like it is. It's the nitpick thing, but it's like it's like here's my head cannon. Yeah, for 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 the Star Wars universe, it's yeah. actually deep in human future, not deep in wow, deep in the universe's past. And these people all just look human.
2: Yeah, it's almost like a Planet of the Apes kind of thing. They think they're in, like, one place, but they're really in another place, almost.
0: Uh, No, I mean, I still think that it's, it's, you know, humanity has gone to the stars, but they are so far out in the stars, and they are so far out in the future that they have forgotten.
2: Oh, so you think that Luke Skywalker is
0: biologically a human being and not, like, an alien? Well, I mean... Again, nitpick. I mean, well, no, I mean, that 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 far in the future. I mean, wow. what okay. what is human anymore? I mean, it technically would be alien. But, right, right. You know, um, it's I. It's they. They look human. They look bipedal. But hey, you know, they they, they could also be tall Nordics. So what do we know? But it's it's. Uh, or if they took their shirts off, maybe we
2: would see some sort of like they'd third have some, nipple or something, something like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. With three belly buttons or whatever. <laughs> you know, I I think it was. 2013, when there was a special traveling exhibition of Star Wars models and props that came to
0: San Jose. That uh, sounds about right. I think it was 2013.
2: And we went, all of us went on my my birthday. It was the day after Christmas. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. And we came down and brought Perrin and and there was there, it, it was great.
2: I mean, it wasn't great that I think Perrin got a little frightened by Jawas.
0: He, please, I mean, what 2013? He was barely older than two is like he was like two years and a month right he was still very small yeah you know i mean so not too (sighs) different in age from the age that you and i first saw star wars i think a year year and a half younger yeah i mean that that actually at that age is pretty big developmental i mean ah, that's a 30 year life at that point
2: i i think if i'm not mistaken i think that was also one of the last times that um I hung out with dad, um, before he had a stroke actually, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Um, and so that, that whole trip, I guess you might say, um, really has a really special place in my heart. I know? get it.
0: I get it. Um, and that, you know, it, it was really neat to see a lot of that stuff. Cause a lot of the, that, again, like we were talking about like model building mm-hmm. and stuff to see this stuff up close and see just the, just the detail you would never even notice on a screen. Yeah. That was put into this stuff is amazing. In fact, I love that the land speeder on Tatooine was built on a Reliant Robin. Is that true? Yeah, <laughs> little British three wheel car that if you watch <laughs> Top Gear, like Jeremy Clarkson just does this one bit <laughs> where he just takes a quarter too fast, just rolls it over and rolls it constantly. <laughs>
2: That's awesome, you
0: know. Um And that they used um, to make it look like it's hovering. They literally like. The 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 gap between the bottom of the body and the ground. They put mirrors, yeah, yeah, around it to just reflect the sand. Right, right. it was like oh, that's genius. Oh, totally. That's so smart. Totally, totally. It's it's
2: fun to see how they do that and just the hundreds of hours that go into creating a model or whatnot that yeah. you might only see on screen for like two three seconds. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I just have the greatest respect for these these model builders because that it's got to be fun, but there comes a point where it's just like okay another exhaust port. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> let me grab another rim off this, you know, kit bashing or whatever. This this, you know, model kit that yeah. we've bought 40 of these from the local hobby store yeah. to make these things or whatever.
2: Man, so in retrospect, I mean, when you look back at our childhood watching Star Wars, mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things I really want to do, um, I was digging through a lot of old home movies VHS tapes, whatnot, at the house lately. Yeah, um, I found the old VHS tape of when we recorded um, Empire uh, off oh, of wow. HBO. I think it's HBO. Wow, it, it's a, it's commercial free, uh, or I guess it might have been. Show- we also had Showtime, I think.
0: Um, I don't remember, but go ahead.
2: Um, I w- I, w- I really want to. I'm mean, going to have to purchase a VCR. I really want to compare that to. Um, got one the, the quote unquote despecialized edition of it. Oh, okay. Because there, I remember, mean, I remember when I watched the despecialized edition, it was great. But there was a couple parts where I was like, "Wow, I don't remember that." Mm-hmm. Um, which it may have been may have been in the theatrical version, but maybe not the the televised version, which I grew up with. I yeah, don't know. I'm sometimes
0: have to you know, pick it, pick through it. I guess, but um, edited it, edited to fit uh, time and uh, yeah aspect ratios. I've like I said, I've I've got. All the equipment to convert VHS to digital now, so if you ever, yeah, you know, are I'll, like, here. Here it is. Do this. I want to, you know. It, it, it's
2: great because the um, the label on the cassette tape, I think it's your handwriting and it says Empire Strikes Out, which
1: is... Does pretty, it? Yeah, it's, nice. pretty, it's pretty exciting. Nice. But, yeah.
2: but I mean, in, in retrospect, in the big picture thing, looking back in our childhood in the 80s, growing up in the Bay Area, looking at Star Wars, the movies, the toys. Yeah. I mean, overall positive experience? Or, oh, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Um, I I mean, I don't, I mean, short of, short of being in a movie theater, probably way too young, looking at a Hoth that Mm -hmm. was way too big.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. That's probably about as negative as it got, but Mm -hmm. that it's not like it stopped me from going to the movies or watching that film ever again. Yeah. Um, You know, lots of fun, you know, you and me with the toys, you and me and the neighbor kids and the toys. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean. Strangely, I I look at back at this stuff, and mm-hmm. and I don't I don't really see anything where I'm like, dude,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I need to go onto eBay right now, and I need to find this, that, or the other thing, and I have to own this again. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's all stuff that I enjoyed. It mm-hmm. was fantastic. I I I can't I I can't wait to show my kids mm-hmm. Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. And we will get there someday,
1: yeah,
0: you know, um and i and i I hope they get excited about it as as we did
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um,
0: they already kind of know the story, Phineas and Verb, right, yeah, they did a couple of cartoons that basically mirror uh a new hope, yeah, and so they already kind of been exposed to it, okay, you know, so yeah, we'll get there,, mm-hmm. we'll get mm-hmm.
2: there. I just had one last uh, flashback. There were hmm. these kids that lived on a street, one street over from our street, Hester Avenue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, ugh, the family name escapes me right now. We used to go there all the time and play in their backyard. They had a big
0: tree. Were they on it was a... Shasta or were they on...
2: It was Shasta. It was going closer to the, so the Egyptian
0: Museum. The Oh, no. Then it wasn't Shasta. No. It was
2: Magnolia. Magnolia, that's right. The family yeah. on Magnolia. I remember those kids had these funky star wars toys that were called the micro collection and they were like the scale of the um, battle at sarlacc pit board game that i brought over today oh really and they were like these tiny little things and i i don't remember seeing them in stores at all but i thought they were amazing you know i yeah, i don't
0: recollect that at all
2: yeah that huh. boor, that board game was so much fun though i mean i don't remember ever actually playing it like the actual rules, like, you know, move two spaces here, do move three right. spaces there. But just like being able to throw those little guys in that big mouth.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. That was awesome. Oh yeah. And that's I mean, much like much like the kids were playing with it tonight. I mean I think that we we used it more as a play set yeah. than as a board game. Yeah, totally. I, I think we did play it like did we actually? by rules at some point. Yeah. But but yeah, I remember it was just hey, we have a three dimensional playset, let's play with it.
2: I don't own many like vintage star wars stuff that i bought offline but that was like the first thing i had to get to replace it because i had a lot of fun
0: memories of that model, yeah. actually yeah no that, that's cool that was and i I was, I was glad to get some pictures of you and the kids playing with it that's cool yeah that's very cool
1: oh man
0: here it is we are creeping up on 10 o'clock i know you might folks have noticed that partway through the episode we suddenly sounded a little differently we had to my computer decided to do some updates on us all of a sudden, and I was like, um... Thank you, Microsoft. Yeah, right? <laughs> ah, screw you, Windows 10. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, this this has been an experience. It's been great to do this in
2: person with you. Yeah, I've, this, I've, this, I've been looking this, forward to it. This
0: has been really neat, um, and this is a good learning experience to be like, hey, if we do this again here's what we need to do or do differently. So we'll we'll never turn that down.
2: And as our listeners may or may not know, my computer uh, was manufactured in North Korea. So this was a a topic so near and dear to my heart that I definitely didn't want to experience any Skype-related technical difficulties. The
0: the, Uh, the fine... Craftsmanship, craftsmanship of of uh, of, of, uh, fearless leaders, Pyongyang, uh, right? The deep computer KPR, yeah, uh, factory. Exactly. Words are failing me. I'm clearly getting tired.
2: Uh, Well, may the force be with you, and And, um, also with you. I may not be named after Alec Guinness, but I still pretend like I am. Uh, I think you should. All right.
0: You know, I'm named after a bell and a mystery novel, so
2: yeah, you are named after a bell that was a murder. A murderer in a British...
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's and I, right. and I will tell that story another time. Okay, all right. I, I will tease the listeners. Yes, <laughs> tune in next week. Well... Next month. Next year Yeah, week. definitely next month. Speaking of next Speaking month. Speaking of next month. What, what's our next episode going to be? Okay, about? for for our, what, July episode. Oh. This is our June episode. Right. Right? Yeah. I'm so thrown off. Summer's almost here, right? And uh, so we, we're going to talk about some of our favorite... Food, places to eat, uh, restaurants, uh, different things that you could get.
2: Yeah. Restaurants from our childhood that maybe no longer exist. Maybe favorite foods that are no longer produced. Um, I hope you're hungry,
0: folks, because it's going to be a feast. That's right. That's right. We are taking a trip to... Oh, no. I'm not going to go <laughs> there. I'm sorry. Guy Fieri is great for some mindless, you know, Friday night. I don't really want to think, but I want the TV on. But, man. Are there yeah. Guy Fieri action figures? <laughs> Are they three and three quarter inch? Are they articulated? Oh my god! So so wait. So we're we're talking. We're gonna have like we're gonna throw Guy Fieri into the Sarlacc pit. Well, I don't know. I'm kind of okay with that.
2: Well, I mean, I just wonder about these things. I mean, I I think I think there's action figures for things I never thought of.
0: Oh yeah, I'm sure somewhere there are like some. Insane Clown Posse Juggalo action figures that you could very easily, with a little bit of model paint, (laughs) turn into Guy Fieri.
2: (laughs) You think that's the closest... uh, It's probably the easiest way to go, Customize.
0: you know, there's probably... Great. Now, you know what? Rule 34. If you can think it, the internet probably has it. I'm going to go look later for a Guy Fieri action figure. That's all I ask. I know what you're getting for your 41st birthday. Thank you. (laughs) Anyway, yes, join us in July when we start talking about food. I promise no Camaros, no backwards wearing sunglasses, no frosted tips, no flip-flops in the kitchen. What an idiot sometimes. Um, Great places he goes to. Yeah, there's it's I've got a list of places I'd love to visit someday, but uh not with him. Anyway, you can like <laughs> us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter if you dare, at Memory Serves Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at BlueBoxUFO, and you can follow Seb! At Clan McMuffin. Ah uh, yeah. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you can consume podcasts don't concern podcasts we're okay please consume them uh just search up if memory serves we're also on spotify please wherever you listen to us uh rate and review us i actually looked on stitcher nobody's reviewed us we have no stars but not because people are giving us zero stars people just haven't given us any stars yet so please at least go to stitcher because i don't have itunes i'm not gonna go look in there i know um, and I tell you what, if you if you rate and review us, especially on Stitcher, because at least that one I can look at, maybe Sip can look at iTunes, I'm okay. not sure, um, we will read out your review yeah. on the podcast. Let's do it. Uh, we will definitely do that. So also subscribe to us on Soundco- SoundCloud, oh boy, soundcloud.com slash uh, at the N-O-T-L-G, uh, you'll get a feed of all the podcasts on the network. Also, please check out notlg.spreadshirt.com and get yourself one of our sweet, if memory serve shirt, which I am thrilled to see Seb Sporting oh, yeah. live and in person. Very comfortable. Very, very comfortable. Um, Patreon.com slash N-O-T-L-G if you can help to uh, uh, help us out financially. We appreciate it. I know we are still working on getting some uh, some rewards out for you guys. There's been a little just hiccup in, uh, <laughs> in the lives of NOTLG management. No, nope, it's nothing bad. It's nothing bad. It's just, man, life. Life happens. Life happens, and podcasts keep going, and, you know, being on Spotify is not free, so we got to make that happen. Anyway, Morgan Willis does our music. You can check him out on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud. Just search him up. I know on Twitter he's MorganWillis82. I think everywhere else he's just Morgan Willis. Fantastic stuff. That is it for June. We're going to go jump into our MTV7 and roll on out of here. <laughs> well, Bumping some tunes. We're going to roll okay. down to the donut wheel in Livermore and grab some, like a plan. Uh, grab some donuts. Well, folks, uh, may the force be with you. And we will talk to you next time. See ya. Bye-bye.
1: Do not. There is no try.